136, we stand. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins to God our Father, imploring Him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. O Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess to you all my sins and iniquities, with which I have ever offended you, and justly deserve your punishments, now and forever. But I am heartily sorry for them, and sincerely repent of them. And I pray you of your boundless mercy, and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me, a poor sinful being. Upon this, your confession, I, as a called and ordained servant of the word, announce the grace of God to all of you. And in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The introit. Worship him, all ye his angels. Zion heard and was glad. The daughters of Judah rejoiced and rejoiced because of the judgments, O Lord. The Lord reigneth, let the earth rejoice. Let the multitude of miles be glad
Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, mercifully look upon our infirmities and in all our dangers and necessities, stretch forth the right hand of thy majesty to help and defend us. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. The Old Testament reading for the third Sunday after the Epiphany is from the 33rd chapter of Jeremiah. Behold, I will bring it health and healing. I will heal them and reveal to them the abundance of peace and truth. And I will cause the captives of Judah and the captives of Israel to return and will rebuild those places as at the first. I will cleanse them from all their iniquity by which they have sinned against me, and I will pardon all their iniquities by which they have sinned and by which they have transgressed against me. Then it shall be to me a name of joy, a praise, and an honor before all nations of the earth, who shall hear all the good that I do to them. They shall fear and tremble for all the goodness and all the prosperity that I provide for it. This is the word of the Lord. The epistles from the twelfth chapter of Romans. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. This is the word of the Lord. So the heaven shall fear the name of the Lord, and all the kings of the earth I glory. When the Lord shall build up Zion, he shall appear in his glory. Alleluia, alleluia, the Lord reigneth, let the earth rejoice. Let the multitude of isles be at alleluia. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 8th chapter. When Jesus had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. 
Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, See that you tell no one, but go your way, show yourself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word, and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. And I say to you that many will come from east and west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go your way, and as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that same hour. This is the Gospel of the Lord. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of His Father before all worlds, God of God, light of life, very God of very God, begotten not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again, according to the Scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Oh, 
Our sermon text is from Matthew 8, verse 10. Truly I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such faith. This is our text. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. In today's Holy Gospel, St. Matthew records for us the centurion's own assessment of himself, saying, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof. But in St. Luke's Gospel, it also records a similar uh, uh, account, and there it gives us an evaluation of this same centurion, but this time by the elders of the Jews. Luke 7, of verse 4 and 5, he is worthy to have you do this for him, for he loves our nation, and he is the one who built us our synagogue. Quite different, these two assessments. In fact, I might even say they contradict each other. But the reason is because they're looking at different guidelines or different standards, if you will. The elders of the Jews were looking at the outward state of things. According to them, this centurion was a very good man. Although he was a Gentile and not a Jew, this Roman centurion had a love for God's Jewish people. He believed in the true God. He loved God's firstborn son. More than that, this centurion had built them, in the elders' assessment, a synagogue where the Jews could gather to hear the word of God. So the basis of the elders' assessment of this centurion was simply an outward comparison of this man with others. Compared with other men, this centurion is a good man, quite good. In fact, they actually use the word worthy. That is, he has some worth or some value. By his actions, the elders thought that God should pay the centurion for his acts. And based on the outward state of things, these acts, well, must be worth something. At least that's what they reasoned. Now when the centurion states that he was not worthy, he's not looking at the outward state of things. Oh, it's true, he loved God's people, and it's true, he built the Jews a synagogue. However, this centurion based his assessment of unworthiness upon God's word. Adam and Eve were not worthy of the kindness God showed them in promising to send a Savior. Abraham was not worthy when God called him from idolatry in the land of Ur and brought him to the promised land. Jacob declares, I am not worthy of the least of all the deeds of steadfast love and all the faithfulness that you have shown to your servants. David, King David, says, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. John the Baptist says, He who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. There are many acts which we could describe outwardly as civil righteousness, that is, simply the outward state of things, we might describe them as relatively good. So, for example, 
Getting married instead of living together is, is outwardly good. Returning a lost wallet instead of keeping the money is outwardly good. Helping someone who is poor as opposed to being greedy is outwardly good. The reason we call these acts good is because they have a benefit to society. That is, they have worth in relation to the neighbor. Do you need to be a Christian in order to do these things? Well, no, not at all. Even atheists should understand the reason for returning the lost possessions of another. In fact, any logical thinking man should understand that the lifelong union of a man and wife is good for the raising of children. It's good for the emotional well-being of the man and the wife. It's good for the elimination of sexually transmitted diseases. It's good for the care that's provided of a spouse. It's good, outwardly, yes. However, though these acts have worth for society and for mankind in general, these acts of civil righteousness do not have any worth before God. In fact, God calls the good acts of unbelievers, good acts, calls them by the word sin. The scriptures say things like this, apart from faith, it is impossible to please God. So that only those acts which are done out of faith, divine as fear, love, and trust in God, are actually pleasing. Those, uh, there are those who get married, not because they wish to please God, because they've determined they're living together, eh, I think it'll work out. There are those who give to the poor, not because of the commandment of God, but in order to receive recognition as a philanthropist. There are those who return a wallet, not out of love for neighbor, but because, well, they would like to be treated that way if they lost their wallet. Though outwardly good and benefiting society before God, these works are sinful, apart from faith. So this brings me back to that situation which we find in today's Holy Gospel concerning the centurion. Though this Roman centurion was not a Jew but a Gentile, nevertheless, as we said, he believed and faith in the one true God. So we cannot simply dismiss his works as civil righteousness as if they were the works of an unbeliever. He did believe in God, yes. So we must, must ask the question then this. Do the works of a believer merit something before God? The scriptures do speak of rewards that are given to the good works of believers. So, for example, Jesus told Peter in Matthew 19, And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or lands for my name's sake will receive a hundredfold and will inherit eternal life. Now, the good works of faith do receive rewards, the rewards here as well as in heaven. But we must confess two things. The good works of believers do not merit eternal life. 
If someone does good works because they think that they will purchase for him a ticket to heaven, then by definition that is not a good work. Good works flow out of faith or trust in God. To trust in our works is not faith. To trust in our acts is to deny the need for Jesus Christ who took away our sins. The only sacrifice for sins, which merits eternal life, is Jesus' own sacrifice, that of the only begotten Son. The second thing which we must confess is that the rewards which the scriptures describe, and they do describe them, cannot be demanded. The leper who comes to Jesus knows that Jesus can heal him. He believes Jesus is the Son of God. However, this leper cannot demand anything. The only thing which is which he doesn't know is whether Jesus will grant him this blessing. You see, the leper says, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. As it turns out, Jesus does will to heal him. And so in this miracle, we see that Jesus does not shrink back from a leprous outcast. He desires to heal him and even touches him and and does that very thing. The centurion, when he comes to Jesus, does not demand healing. He simply lays before Jesus the situation concerning his paralyzed, suffering servant. He leaves it up to Jesus as to the proper action. He does not demand Jesus' help. In another parable, Jesus teaches about the servants who do their master's will, who do what their master commands. And Jesus concludes by saying this, Luke 17, 10. So you also, when you have done all that you were commanded, say we are unworthy servants. We have only done what was our duty. You see, this centurion in today's Holy Gospel is highly commended by our Lord. This centurion's faith is seen in two things. First, in his confession of unworthiness. But he is also seen in his desire to receive the Lord's blessings. He comes confessing his sins and unworthiness in God's eyes. Even though he has done good works, he doesn't trust in them. He doesn't trust in his works or think that Jesus is obligated to help him. He declares himself in God's eyes to be unworthy. But the faith which Jesus desires is a faith which grabs onto Jesus, which comes to him confessing the truth and desiring his mercy. So we see in this that those who have received God's gifts are directed by the Master to do good works out of thankfulness to God. The Jewish leper is commanded to make the sacrifice of thanksgiving, to do the required Old Testament laws of, of going to the priest and being declared clean. So also we should be diligent to perform the good works, those things which we are exhorted to do Sunday after Sunday. Things like, let us pray, is a command to do a good work. Lift up your heart, is a command to do a good work. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God, it too is a command to do good works. And so we come. 
We come and receive the Lord's gifts. Though we are not worthy in God's eyes, though relatively speaking, I hope we are uh, uh, doing good for society, good for others. However, we, in faith, comes to Jesus saying, if you are willing, we ask God's will be done. And in mercy, we lay our needs before him, knowing that he is merciful, that he is loving, and that he does provide for our needs. Amen. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep our hearts and minds in faith in Christ Jesus, and to life everlasting. Page God everlasting Father, though we are unworthy because of our sin, we ask that we would be received into your church when we believe in Christ's healing word of forgiveness. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, Lord O Lord, we ask that your people would be given such a faith that is grounded in the Holy Scriptures, that they would read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest it. Give all pastors in Christ, including our Bishop James, our pastors Michael and Gary, the faith to be faithful stewards, to declare Jesus' words of authority in heaven and on earth. Send your Holy Spirit upon our director, Keely, our teachers and staff, so that the children at our Lettering Center would come to trust your word. Be with Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Rogers, Arkansas, as well as with Pastor Randy Mole and Deacon Martin Jackson. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord Give all those who have been entrusted with governing, our President Joe, our Vice President Kamala, our Chief Justice John, our Governor J.B., our Mayor Steve, federal and state legislators and all our judges, give them the determination to give themselves fully to their duties and responsibilities. O God, our loving Creator, all human life is sacred from the moment of conception until death. Bless all those who defend the right to life for the preborn, the newborn, the handicapped, the aged, and the terminally ill. Protect and defend all to whom you give life until that day when you take their life from them again. Lead our nation to reject the evil path of abortion, provide the comfort of full forgiveness for the repentant, those who still grieve for their lost children. Defend and protect our military personnel who are scattered throughout the world, especially Danny and Jason and Blake, and those who work in law enforcement, especially Daniel and Alex. Let us pray to the Lord. O God, your compassions never fail. Give healing to the sick, relief to the suffering, 
peace to the sorrowful, and mercy to every soul that is distressed, that they may find in you the help that only you can give them. For Carolyn, our shut-in, for Violet and Tom, our elderly, for the various needs of Kevin, Stan, Jack, Levi, Victor and Marcia, and Anita. Also, we give thanks uh, for that successful surgery for Jennifer. Be with our students, with Sarah and Sadie, Jonathan, Kara, Alexis, Cameron, and Benjamin and Jacob. Let us pray to the Lord. O oh Lord, Heavenly Father, we here remember the sufferings and death of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, for our salvation. Praising his victorious resurrection from the dead, we draw strength from his ascension before you, where he ever stands for us as our own high priest. Gather us together, we pray, from the ends of the earth to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb and his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers, deliver and preserve us. For to you alone we give all glory, honor, and worship, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. begotten Son into our flesh, to bear our sin and be our Savior. 
With repentant joy, we receive the salvation accomplished for us by the all-availing sacrifice of his body and his blood on the cross. Gathered in the name and the remembrance of Jesus, we beg you, O Lord, to forgive, renew, and strengthen us with your word and spirit. Grant us faithfully to eat his body and drink his blood as he bids us do in his own testament. Hear us as we pray in his name and as he has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And all the people see 
give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Let us pray. O God the Father, the fountain and source of all goodness, who in loving kindness sent your only begotten Son into the flesh, we thank you that for his sake you have given us pardon and peace in this sacrament. We ask you not to forsake your children, but always to rule our hearts and minds by your Holy Spirit, that we may be enabled to serve you constantly. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Bless we the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Let me be 